0: Everyone, you're watching We Heart Therapy, the special series EFT Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Annabelle Bugatti, licensed marriage and family therapist and uh, certified EFT supervisor and therapist here in fabulous Las Vegas. Online, you might see me go by Dr. Bell and my We Heart Therapy uh, stuff. So I am super excited. So we are welcoming back one of the original trainers and crew with EFT. She's been with Sue since the beginning, since the inception of EFT. In fact, she was just saying she's got a photo of her and Sue from 1988, which is amazing. And so we have Gail Palmer, and she is a social worker and a registered marriage and family therapist in Canada. She's an ICEF certified EFT trainer, and and as I said, she's been in. In EFT since its inception, so she is incredible, and she was on our show previously talking about getting certified in EFT, and so she is like an amazing, amazing lady, and we're super excited to have you on, Gail. And um, I don't know if a lot of you guys know that that Gail really heads. Um, is one of the heads of our EFFT sector, which is Emotionally Focused Therapy with Families or Emotionally Focused Family Therapy. And again, reminding all you guys like EFT is EFT. It's one model. When we say EFFT or EFIT, we're a, that signifies that we're working with a family versus a couple versus an individual. It signifies the bodies in the room and how we might adapt the strategies differently based on who we have in the room who we're working on. So, But EFT is still EFT, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, And uh, at the end of this, we'll absolutely let you know where to find Gail and how to attend one of her amazing trainings. And so, Gail, thank you again. She lives in Canada, too, by the way, if I forgot to say that. Yes, in
1: all the snow. Uh, Very different than where you are, Annabelle. But I really appreciate this Mm -hmm. opportunity to talk with you again. Thank you so much for inviting me. Uh, and yeah, it's so exciting to be sitting with you and talking about my passion, which is working with families and working with couples um, that are going through particular life stages, uh, which I is what we're going to chat about today.
0: Yeah. And this is so helpful. So for you guys that are listening and watching, um, so we often have couples that come into our room and they're they're coming in for couples counseling, but you'll find that their couples counseling revolves around family counseling issues. So to, to train in family counseling and EFT, you don't have to necessarily see families in particular, like the children and everything in order to be treating the family unit. And I think that's an important delineation. And so we're gonna talk about basically step family dynamics and couples that come in who have remarried or repartnered, they bring with them children from a prior relationship. And we know from experience that that can get very complex and messy and sticky and and simultaneously wonderful. And um, so we're really gonna talk about how we would address this in EFT So it's sort of like an EFT slash EFFT combo. And um, so, Gail, if you could sort of start us off by talking about, so pop culture would know this as like blended families or step families. How would we see that in EFT? What do we mean when we're, we're talking about those kinds of family units and what are the particular Um, maybe some basic complexities or, or um, dilemmas that they're going to be facing and that are common that we see.
1: Right. So you're really uh, landing on what the essence is in working with step families is that there are attachment dilemmas. And because we, you know, are always working within the attachment channel and emotionally focused therapy, we have a particular lens that helps us understand what step families are, you know, transitioning through. So we use the word step families as opposed to blended, um, primarily because, well, actually, I had a client that said to me, you know what, Gail, our family isn't blended, it's lumpy. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that really captures this, you know, the struggle oftentimes mm-hmm. that families um that are in that particular Phase of family life are encountering that there is this kind of idea that they're going to blend, right, and become one. And And it's going to
0: happen smoothly.
1: It will happen smoothly, and there won't be any bumps because, hey, I found the love of my life, right? I'm, you know, as a mom, I've now had a second or third or fourth chance at love again and I'm you know really optimistic and excited and thinking of course my children are going to love my partner and of course my partner's going to love my kids because he loves me and you know that um, tension between the different kinds of relationships the romantic relationship and that between the parents and the child is really what we're navigating um, in that when those families come together.
0: And I love I love what you're saying is you're starting to mention sort of the various layers and, and systems that we're going to be working with, which is part of where the complexities happen, because you have the couple's relationship, and them together as a bonded unit or hopefully bonded with the kids. But then you also have, you know, parent and their own bio kids, you have the step parent, so parent to stepchild. You have the stepchildren together. Yes. Um, these are all these various layers, and and you know, let's let's toss some other complex dynamics that might come into this. So I often have couples come in where one of the partners has never been a parent before, and they marry somebody with children, and it's instant family, right? And of course, you know, I all of my clients have been very aware of how much, how important that role is and that they really want to carve a good bond. And then there's the struggle. I, I think part of it, in, and you can speak to this too, maybe dependent on if the children are little or if they're teenagers or if they're even adults. Um, you know, if you have teen children who are used to being sort of like you know like in the case of male children they've been like the man of the house and now there's a new man who comes in and navigating that territory like I go from being kind of a I know this isn't an EFT term but a parentified child to a you know sort of more of a parent role to now I got to be back in the kid role and maybe I don't know yeah. how to be a kid role and um, you know, discipline, like, you know, if, if kids feel like they're disrespecting the step-parent, but the step-parent doesn't feel like they have the grounds to say something or the other parent says you're too harsh or, boy! Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes, you've got
1: it, right? You've really just said a whole lot there, Annabelle, right, about the complexity and about the different kinds of relationships that exist in a step-family And, you know, what happens when you're talking about um, maybe one of the couples has never had children. um, And oftentimes, what I hear from those particular families is that they never had a chance at being a couple alone. Right? They were instant family. And when they talk about that, what they're talking about is loss, right? That loss of This wasn't part of my dream. I didn't expect to, you know, partner with someone with children. I was expecting to, you know, start life with someone who's on a similar path as me. More that honeymoon phase. Right. And all of a sudden, I have to share my partner. I have to share him or her or them with these children that take time and demand attention and might Mm -hmm. be reacting to the change and the loss that they're
0: experiencing an intimate time now has to be shared instead of date nights it's family nights and you know we can't just have intimacy the the easy way because we have to worry about children walking in or who's around
1: (laughs) right right and i think that it's you know um adjusting not only to the loss of our couple time, our romantic time, our intimate time, it's like, oh, now I'm this person that's supposed to be relating as a parent figure to this child that I have no relationship with, right? Mm -hmm. This child, whether they're four years or 14 years, my partner's got four years or 14 years of knowing this child, and I don't. So, you know, how do I navigate my relationship with this child? What is going to, what does my partner want me to do or expect me to do in terms of uh, relating to this child? And then, you know, all those conversations that go on between the couple and then also be, between the parent and the children. Right. And what you're, what you end up with is sort of an inside outside dynamic um where the step parent is feeling very much on the outside mm-hmm. of this relationship that exists between the parent and their child and the the parent is feeling very much in the middle right yeah. they're they're torn between their partner that they love and the children that they cherish and they want you know Everyone to get along, basically.
0: And an additional complication that I've seen with this too can be the X factor. We'll call it the X factor. You know, are they still involved? Are they not involved? And sometimes where the X might have been abusive or, you know, is is a particularly bad situation, I've seen the bio parents have a lot of guilt. And so they, they don't have secure parenting And so that can lead to a lack of boundaries. And again, you know, you may have the differences on even like basic day-to-day living, like, hey, what are the house rules and how do I get the children to uphold these? And I get to feel bad and, you know, that adds more complexities. Or I've had, you know, parents come together kind of like the Brady Bunch and one might have a... Both might have insecure parenting, one might be more avoidant, you know, where the family is more estranged and distant, and the other is um, more anxiously attached. And so you've got conflict of those styles coming together. And they're like, well, okay. my family just, you know, we're distant from each other. Why is it got to be, you know, just right. like,
1: yeah, and so what you get, then is that your kids and my kids. And what, you know, it, it can become a divide when there's these differences, right, in family traditions or parenting styles. And, you know, it can feel like we're not on the same team. So the challenge for the couple is how do we stay connected, right? Given that we we have these differences, we have these different relationships that also matter, right? And that also need space. Um, yeah. Right, and
0: this is a a particularly I love what you're saying right here, Gail, because what kind of pings on my mind is when the couples come in for couples counseling around this, and this the step parenting dynamic is triggering the cycle, and you want to track the pattern, but then it it feels like the content of the cycle, the step parenting issue, is like another thing, and it's like how how do we know what's that balance when sometimes the content around like step parenting does matter, you know, it's like the EFFT shift. We, we might be trying to work, have the system do something differently than the system between just couples and we're like both. And so. So You're
1: really speaking to why we do trainings, right? Why we do trainings for step families because they are unique. Um, And the therapist needs to be knowledgeable about, you know, what challenges that are typical, normal, normal to step family life. Um, Because one of the things that we do in EFT is we validate, we make Mm -hmm. sense of what's going on. And if we're aware and knowledgeable about the, you know, the normal um development of step family life we have we've got this research we've got this knowledge that actually validates what's happening for the couple because they end up thinking it's them right they end up thinking hey i failed it already at one relationship and this is feeling pretty like dangerous like the same thing's going to happen and um so their you know their nervous system is on high alert they're really, you know, um, sort of looking for threat, and we're able to say, "Hey, this is what happens." You know what? Step families take time. the The research shows that the fastest developing step family, in terms of developing an ident- identity as we're a family, is seven years. Wow, seven years, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas, you know, when families come together, it's usually thinking, well, we're family now, Mm -hmm. and we're going to be together. And when they meet those lumpy challenges, Mm -hmm. then, you know, they lose their emotional balance, those cycles start happening that we know about in EFT, right? Mm -hmm. And we can work with those cycles while normalizing um, the, the dilemmas that the attachment dilemmas that they face.
0: I think that seven years seems really, wow. I mean, when I think about also the age of the children and, you know, if they're young then during that time, they're also going to be maybe going through teens, puberty, there's going to add an extra set of complications, or if they're already teens, how they may age out and leave the nest before they form that solid bond together as a family. And And I love what you said about looking for threat. And I think with a lot of the step parenting problems I've seen come up with my clients is it's also that we're looking simultaneously looking at threat and looking for acceptance too, you know, because we want to be accepted by the stepchildren, you know? Right.
1: Yes. And and the parent is feeling uh, guilty, like you said earlier, about um, the family um, that the children have known. Um, no longer existing, right? That there's this new family formation happening. And it, as a reaction to that, you know, guilt may then feel um, that they really protect their children. Um, And so if a a step-parent comes in and, you know, sometimes this happens in a way to try to establish themselves as an authority figure, as, uh, you know, I'm, this is my house, right? I have a voice here um, and come in quickly around discipline, then you're going to have children pushing back from that. So it's not only the dynamic that's happening between the couple, you've got dynamics that are happening, you know, and negative cycles that are happening between Mm -hmm. the adults, the parent and the children and the step-parent and the children.
0: And the the new parents and the kids, and if they're shared custody, Yes. Sometimes the kids feel guilty if they bond to the new parent like they're betraying their bio parent.
1: Yes, especially that, you know, that they're if they feel any kind of affection for that step parent, it's a disloyalty to the the other parent. Um so they're, you know, in order to stay loyal, they will reject the step parent straight mm-hmm. up. And I you said a little earlier, what about the age? right? And how does that of the children and how does that impact um, step family life? And what research has shown is that adolescent girls um, have the hardest time uh, with the step parent coming in. Um, And sometimes what you see is with younger children, say, you know, um, preschool or school age children, they have an easier time adjusting because they're younger and there's the loss isn't as great. Whereas adolescents are involved in what happened in the divorce, um, if there's a divorce, um, and oftentimes will want to take sides, they feel compelled to just, dec- you know, who's right, who's wrong, which parent was good, who who was bad. And then the step parent gets pulled into that um, in terms of where how the adolescents are reacting. So sometimes even when um, families have come together when the children are young, when the, those children become adolescents, they then it's an issue. It wasn't an issue before, but then yeah. it's an issue. It's like, you're not my father. <laughs> and there's
0: yeah. pushback,
1: and the father is saying, hey, I've been around for 10 years. Why?
0: Yeah. And ouch, that sure hurts. (sighs) Uh, Yeah, it does hurt.
1: Because, Mm -hmm. you know, you're mentioning the influence of the ex. um, And Mm -hmm. the step-parent may be coming in and filling a role that the other parent hasn't filled. Um, And so when they get the pushback from the child
0: who's Mm -hmm. struggling
1: in adolescence to find themselves, to their Mm -hmm. own identity, um, it can feel like very personal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so in EFFT, as we're talking about, you know, the family systems, what's sort of the goal of like, how does EFFT sort of maybe conceptualize the role of the step parenting system and the step parent to the bio system? Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah, so what we want to do, because we have these attachment glasses that are conceptualizing what's happening in a step, the, you know, the distress as attachment dilemmas is we want to honor the different attachments that exist in step families. So the, the relationship between the step couple is different than the relationship between the parent and the child. And oftentimes um, what I'm doing when I'm working on with families and I'm doing this right now um, with a family um, from Turkey that I'm working with is that I'm seeing um, the the parent and the children separately in separate sessions from the couple um, Mm -hmm. sessions, Mm
0: -hmm. The,
1: the step couple needs support right? They need help in how they're stuck places. Um, and the parent and the children need to um, walk through the loss and the readjustment um, that has is just a natural byproduct of step family life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, this family that I'm working with right now has twin um, adolescent girls. Mm-hmm. And they're angry protest with their mom is that you don't love me not only did you get a new partner but you had a baby right and that baby um every time they see their mother with this new child it's like an abandonment of them Mm. right so they're in this attachment protest that looks like anger and blame and criticism coming from them to the mother as a way of, you know, underneath that is all of this pain around losing their mom, right? Because before the husband, the new husband and the the new baby, the three of them were a team, right? It was mom and the girls. And so that transition in relationship Need space, right? And as an EFT therapist, we want to honor that relationship and help them walk through that loss together. Mm-hmm. Um, if if I brought in the step parent, then I'm, you know, I'm not honoring the different relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I will bring in the step parent in time. Where, you know, that's the goal. Of, but right now there's healing um, that needs to take place in that relationship, if that mm-hmm. makes
0: sense. it almost be like stage two of EFFT might be where you would bring in um, the other step-parent.
1: And yeah, maybe more like, um, you know, back in stage one and can, mm-hmm. you know, assessing how does this family work now, right? Cause we've we've had some healing happening between mom and the girls and then it's like okay how are we as a family right yeah
0: it's almost like you do the steps and stages with one of the systems and then you bring in another system and start back from the beginning exactly exactly yeah yeah and I think um and I mentioned this before and I think before um I ask some more questions I'd love if maybe you could sort of explain the idea of secure insecure parenting because that was Like, it makes total sense, but I had never thought about it before I attended one of the trainings, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's right.
1: (laughs) Right. So, I mean, a parent that is in this sort of insecure place, right, Mm -hmm. ends up either overreacting, right, in terms of their response to their child. So they might become, um, you know, sort of hypervigilant around the child and try Mm -hmm. to control and, um you know execute a lot of influence in their child's mm-hmm. life. The helicopter parent. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or as George Fowler says, the snowplow parent, right? Um yeah, so there, there's an over um uh influence Correct. from the parent um which blocks their ability to actually attune what is it that my child needs right and and this family that I'm um working with what the daughter is saying is i need you to listen right i need you to see me whereas the mom is kind of trying to you know control the mm-hmm. girls and tell them how to be right mm-hmm. tell them how to behave tell them how mm-hmm. to um you know react to their new brother and the new husband the new husband mm-hmm. and all of that rather than just listen To where they are. Um, The other way a parent may respond is to under respond. So it's kind Mm -hmm. of like they give up. (laughs) They say,
0: "Oh yes." What's that? Could that also be like saying yes to everything? Like I, I don't want you to hate me, so I'm just going to say yes to everything you want and not set boundaries. No, not upset because I feel so
1: bad. You're in pain. Exactly, because it's, you know, that they get kind of frozen around Mm -hmm. that parenting role of setting limits. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're, they're really afraid oftentimes of losing their children to the other parent.
0: You know, I think that's like, even outside of the step family dynamic, I feel like that's a common parental struggle um, when, a, when, and I, and I love this cause this is like a continuation again, just of attachment science. Like if we have insecure strategies, you know, it's, it doesn't just mainly exist within one isolated relationship. It's going to play out in a lot of different relationships. So knowing how this shows up, even in the parenting patterns and how that can lead to insecure parenting. And I feel like a lot of parents get afraid of um, losing that bond with their child somehow or not being loved by their child. And so they feel like I need to say, yes, I need to make sure you're happy all the time. And, and I struggle to hold the distress and set boundaries and believe, even if you're angry and you're protesting and you're saying hurtful things that you that I'm still a good parent, right? right. That's, that would be what secure parenting would look like. Yes, yes. And you know, what we help.
1: Um, parents do is to be able to hear the underlying message right Mm -hmm. so my teen girls are asking to stay out till midnight or something (laughs) with their friends and they're like 13 at downtown you know london england and Mm -hmm. you know um mom is not saying yes to that but underneath that right the attachment message is do you see me do you see how hard it is for me you know, to make friends, to readjust to a new country, right? To try to fit in, to try to belong, right? That's what's underneath that, you know, um, give me this kind of conversation, um, which often we'll see with teenagers, right? It's, um, there's a demand for something like a cell phone or, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And what is it that the, the child is trying to communicate?
0: you know, uh, Gail, you just blew my mind. Like, <laughs> you know, so I'm just thinking, holy cow, you know, and again, I'm just moving all of EFT over. And I'm thinking like, Hey, we recognize this when it comes between our couples. This is like speaking to other therapists. Like if we saw the same behavior, a couple to couple, we know what it is. And now it's like taking that same thing and moving it over to the parent child thing. And I'm like, Oh, you're right. The attachment message of things like, I want to hang out with my friends all night, or I want a cell phone, or I want the cool pair of jeans or whatever it is. It's, right. I, love, I love that attachment reframe of, you know, wanting to fit in, wanting to feel accepted, wanting that sense of belonging among peers. Do you see what it's like for me? Right. Oh. Damn, man, you just blew my mind.
1: <laughs> well, there you go. I'm glad. I'm happy to do that anytime. But it's, you know, it's the other part of it is, you know, if mom rushes to say yes, like you're saying, mm-hmm. right, she never slows down enough to really listen to what's happening, right, with her children. And, you know, uh, I think that's in step families, that mm-hmm sense of um, you know having let your children down disappointed them um, that sense of regret or grief that you have having not been able to hold their original family together Um, because we all know that for most kids that's you know the best option as long as it's a happy one right Uh, um, you know unhappy uh, rela- marriages or partnerships mm-hmm. have a really um, negative effect on children. Right? It's not really about the family structure that harms kids. It's parental conflict.
0: Right. I and correct me if I'm wrong. What I'm what along those lines. What I remember the research says that kids whose parents get along. And, are, and have a good relationship, whether they're married or separated or divorced or re-stepparented, um, that makes the difference. And kids, you know, it's not necessarily whether they're divorced or not, it's how they get along. If the parents get along and the parents are divorced, those kids can be emotionally as well adjusted as kids whose parents stay together and have a happy marriage. But kids can also grow up in a house where the parents are married and unhappily married and it's very well known in the family unit and be just as emotionally distressed as kids whose parents divorce and are not amicable am i getting that right
1: yes definitely that's right on and uh when we look at it that way then um our role right as eft therapist is just so important because that's exactly what we ha- we address we address um the negative patterns that you know, the step couple might get caught in um, the ex, and the, the uh, parent might be stuck in and really um, that's what we target is the conflict
0: yeah. and helping them have like a united front together as, as parents to the kids. And you said something just a moment ago that I really want to touch on that really brings up another very important dilemma Um Gosh, and and it was just so beautifully said. And and I was thinking about the complexity being the parent with children who, you know, for whatever reason, whatever good reason needs to end a relationship or a relationship is ended and how, how difficult that is for children to understand this complex adult dynamic. And, you know, that's where that security can kind of dip, you know, where it's, it's, how do I hold? My own sense of security, knowing I did the best I could and that this was a tough situation and not blame myself as I'm a terrible person or a terrible parent because the marriage ended or something, you know, even though I know my kids in their grief and, you know, not inability to understand this complex adult situation, because again, they are kids you know, how do I hold that frame of security and be with them in their grief without absorbing the blame myself? And, yeah, I'm terrible because I ended this relationship.
1: Then we look to our partner, because I mm-hmm. think that's a natural, natural consequence of, um, you know, going through a divorce and then repartnering. I mean, as parents, we don't mm-hmm. outgrow our need, right, for um, you know, someone to comfort us, to reassure us, to help us um, navigate those times when yes, naturally, we end up feeling like we failed, like we we're, you know, we've let our kids down. I think that's a natural, natural feeling. But if we have nowhere to go with those feelings, mm-hmm right, if we're in conflict with our, our new partner, and and what we're going to get from our new partner is, well, if you just would discipline your kids better, you wouldn't feel that way. Yeah. It's like not- that
0: behavioral intervention we see with couples, well, if you would just take out the trash more, or you would just do this, then I would be happy, then, then we wouldn't have problems, right? Right,
1: right. So, you know, it's really about being able to get that uh, emotional support from, from the partner, you know, because the parent is
0: going to naturally feel guilty. And I turn towards you with my heart and and be seen, be loved, be supported, be reassured. You're not a terrible mom. This is, this is normal. And even as we're talking about this, I think of even another complexity that kind of sprouts out of that, that I've seen where, you know, couples can struggle with kind of, parsing out this difference where part of the grief process where the kids might reject the other partner just on the basis of not, not my dad or not my mom. And they haven't even like really seen, like they haven't really gotten to know the other partner yet. And so I've seen it where if the kids haven't quite bonded yet, the parent that, that can start to erode the bond between them because the parent is thinking, oh, well, how can I turn toward you when my kids don't like And maybe again, that means some failure, like my my kids don't like you, and how is this going to work? When in fact, it's not even uh, necessarily about the kids not liking that partner. It's part of the grieving process, part of the transition process, and so, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 and
1: sometimes yeah, they're in this like I have to choose, right? I have to take sides here. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to be loyal to my kids. My kids come first. And, you know, it's, it's not about an either or, it's an and. Um, But yeah, when we get stuck in dynamics, it becomes very rigid, and it can come become very narrow, where it's like, I have to choose. Um, And parents will choose their kids often or not, or choose the new partner that happens also. Uh, And then the kids feel abandoned.
0: Yeah. So I think that's the heart of Like maybe the core struggle that I see is, is when that rigidity sets in one will circle the wagons around one system or the other. And then the other system feels like it loses, like, you know, parent may form an alliance with their bio kids and step parent feels left out or parent turns towards new partner and the kids feel left out, or maybe like the new children feel favored, like the new bio children of this couple feel favored over the stepchildren. And, and-, right. and there's a natural, I mean,
1: of course, the, the new bio child is favored. They have two parents that are together, right? It's a setup. Of course, the other children are going to feel jealous and resentful
0: that. And they're little and, and are teeny and very dependent, also, which right. complicates the emotional factor for the other kids who don't quite understand. Like they kind of get don't get it, because emotionally it's like, oh, what about me?
1: Of course. Yes. Yes. So, you know, you know, as EFT therapists, we have a way of understanding that as you know, learning about step families. Um, helps us then not pathologize, mm-hmm. right? Because I think that's the thing that can happen with step families that even our language, right? Where we say broken home, uh, intact family, right? As opposed to a first family and a new family or a step family. So, uh, you
0: know, would, I think. How- would we ask the family what term they'd like to use or would we? you know, is it more like on our benefit for, to attachment, reframe it as first family, um, step family versus broken home? You know, I mean, couples may describe it as broken home, but I can definitely understand how that would seem very pathological or judgmental. And so I love what you're saying here about that use of language. Right. Yeah. And
1: what are we bringing as therapists, right. In terms of Mm -hmm. our own, experience and our own
0: uh, life experience um,
1: and our own
0: judgments. Sure. I think the culture shifts too, where, you know, that used to be sort of the language that might've been used, but nowadays, I mean, in attachment terms, is that how we would re-identify that as first family um, or bio family, step family, what would you say, Gail?
1: Right. Because it's a different way of, it's not about success or failure right and those that other language does um sort of infer that right it's implicit broken means that you failed um blended means that you need to blend you know some families don't blend um you know there is these sort of compartments that exist within a family unit it you know it depends on the developmental stage of the kids when um the family forms and you know i think that we need to help parents, right? That are struggling with their own sense of failure uh, mm-hmm. with step parents that are feeling so uh, on the outside and inadequate and, you know, do they belong, right? They're feeling like they don't belong and how mm-hmm. do they respond to that? And who do they turn to, right? right? So when we're working with a step couple, we're really helping the, the parents support the step parent in that sensation of being on the outside, right. Um, And really, you know, empathizing with that position, um, being that safe space and safe place for their partner to go to. um, And, and this and the step parent, supporting the parent in their parenting role, because it's, you know, it's still theirs. Um, Sometimes, Um, with a new step-parent coming in, the parent might try to react to that outside position by bringing the step-parent in as an equal parent. Mm -hmm. And that's
0: kind of a setup. Um, Is is there, I mean, is there a point, I guess maybe, again, this might depend on the family and the the age of the children, but is there a point where the step-parent would be seen as an equal parent? in terms of like, I'm able to set boundaries with the kids or hold them accountable for not doing chores or something. But I mean, maybe are there levels or this is something the couple has to navigate together, what they're comfortable with. Like maybe I can set boundaries or hold them accountable, but primary discipline comes from the bio parent or. I
1: think it's about leadership, right? Um, That the parent is the leader in terms of um, how the children will be raised. Um, and you know the step parent is a you know a team member and another adult. Um, I
0: see how hard that would be to do if the couple relationship is not strong around parenting. If exactly. there's insecure attachment there, then of course it's it's you know because you're dealing with multiple systems. One is always going to lead into the other. So it's like if I can't turn to you and and trust in you also as the primary leader to set boundaries that I may need to feel respected, um, just as we navigate the business of living together in, in a new home, you know, and, yes. and, and wanting to respect, you know, um, and, and and not take over parenting, you know. There's
1: gonna be a difference, right? There's just it comes back to the difference that the step parent typically is, you know, sees that these kids need more discipline that, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and the, the parent, when it's your own children, it's kind of like you give them a pass lots yeah. of times. Um, and that just, it, I think, comes from the difference um, mm-hmm. in the relationship. Mm-hmm. So that kind of um, can really set up a polarization in the couple. Right, That they, you know, are looking at, they're responding to their own kind of take on things like my father of the family that I'm working with, the stepfather, is like he's shaking his head at these girls, like, what is wrong? Um, because he's a father of a two year old. Right? He's never had teenagers before. These aren't his teenagers. It's harder for him to have compassion and understanding. Right. He's he's looking at, you know, um, and the other dynamic is he's wanting to protect his two year old um, from these teenagers that are, you know, rejecting of him. Uh, and so that, you know, again, it's a complexity. But what helps us is the attachment bond. We're mm-hmm. always working to secure that attachment bond between the new couple because they are the foundation of this family. However, mm-hmm. they're, they, they don't share in the joy of having cho- these stepchildren together. It's,
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: a difference.
0: Um, yeah. Um, so what are we sort of aiming for? So, and I just, my, my client that was supposed to come in is, is rescheduled. Uh, come up with an emergency. So I have a little bit more time if you do, which is, which is great. Um, So from beginning to end, so it sounds like there's multiple kind of goals that we're working on. One, if we're we're seeing just the couple and they're not bringing their children or don't intend to bring their children in for family therapy, seems like we really want to help them come together as a couple, as a, a secure base for each other and for the children and help increase secure secure attachment right both in the couple and as a parent and then you're saying in the parenting roles we want to help the step parent support the bio parent in parenting duties mm-hmm. and help the bio parent support the step parent in the bonding process, um, facilitating that bond, or? Well, and also
1: just empathizing and supporting them in being on the outside, right? Mm-hmm. That they aren't going to feel equal um, to the parent in their relationship with the children. And that can feel really bad. And that can feel like you don't belong. And it can feel like you're really sort of watching um, mm-hmm. as an observer. Um, family life that goes on between the parent and the children. Um, And to be able to talk about the feelings, right. That might get stirred up by that. Um, Do you really still love me? I see your face just light up when your daughter comes in the room and you know what? I don't see that with you and me anymore. And that hurts. Right. So being able to have those conversations and understand them, right. We can understand them, um, you know, keeping that step family frame that that's normal. That's what happens in step family life. It's not that he doesn't love her. He has a a love for his children. That's a little different. Um, And he may not see his kids all the time. And, right? He sees his partner all the time. Um, So just being able to make sense of the emotional responses and help create that secure base for the couple that they can turn to each other, because it's the support that comes there that helps the family survive, right? Mm -hmm. Step families are challenged by conflict over kids, right? Why do they end up in divorce? oftentimes it's conflict over kids. Mm. So um, when we're helping um, the step couple turn to each other, right, for reassurance, we validate, we make sense of those struggles as normative, right? Then that takes away the sense of shame, um, the fear of failure that might be going on. And again, sort of strengthens that bond between the couple.
0: And so- I see just how multi-tiered this could be, even just with the couple's relationship is, you know, like what you said is, you know, often what might've led to the, the decay of the previous relationship might've been conflict over couple or over um, kids. And I'm thinking, gosh, so these parents could be coming in as a couple and getting the couple's therapy that probably would have helped them before. So we're helping them do things in this relationship that they've never done before in other relationships with secure attachment. So we're building that strong bond, that, that ability to turn towards each other and be a team, even as a couple. And then we're adding to that. We're feathering on top of that, this dynamic with being that with the kids and for the kids and how to come together with the kids. Boy, that's, that's a lot. He's so tired. <laughs> that was exhausting. <laughs>
1: yeah. But you know, the motivation is um mm-hmm. the love, right? The great mm-hmm. love. Um because yeah. that's really what you know we really lean on is that this couple has found each other, right? Mm-hmm. And usually they found each other at times when maybe they gave up on ever finding um the kind of love that they're experiencing. So, um, you know, we really privilege that, celebrate that um, and, you know, turn that on as a way Mm -hmm. of helping Mm -hmm. them, you know, face the challenges because when they have each other, they can do it. Mm -hmm. They can do it and they can get through it.
0: I'm curious, this might be a funny, silly question, but does um, step family um, forming process, is it follow a similar pattern to, you know, the studies on group formation the forming, storming and norming phases? Oh,
1: okay. Well, I don't really know about that one. It could be, (laughs) we could probably look at that. Um, certainly, you know, what we're going to see clinically is that families will show up within the first two years Mm -hmm. of them coming together—that's usually what happens—is mm. our couples will come at that time. Mm. Um, so I think that's that that initial phase, mm. and you know, then it, there could be like developmental, like the birth of a new baby, or the kids are now teenagers, or now they're leaving home, and you know, um, that might again create a new challenge. And certainly that's what happens in step family life that every sort of life event brings it to the center again, a wedding, right? Where do people sit? Right. Um, And, you know, a graduation, every kind of celebration that happens naturally in family life brings Mm -hmm. to the forefront that, you know, this is a new family. It's a step family. There's, you know, you know, exes and, right? How do we navigate all of that? And I think that yeah. when we have that secure, you know, it's what Sue says, what's shareable is bearable,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: When we have that secure bond, it helps us navigate that. Um, because we. And have I, a-
0: yeah. And, you know, I think about sort of the, um, uh, the extra complication of the ex, and, you know, sort of, and, and I know you've, you've taught some workshops about like high conflict, uh, divorces and custody cases, you know, and, and that can certainly add an extra layer of distress. If there's like parental alienation going on with a, an ex partner who maybe isn't interested in participating in a healthy family dynamics. Um, and right. so that really increases the, the need for that security between the new couple as they have to navigate. And, and it's so hard on the kids too, especially if the parenting boundaries aren't consistent from house to house. Like if, you know, the yeah. other bio parent, the ex, um, has a different set of rules, maybe they're more strict or they're really loose or, you know, they yeah. may be prone to, um, their own kind of acting out behavior like anger or abuse or, Alcohol and, and that desire to how do we protect the kids, but we have to share custody and how do we do this? And
1: and I would think that all of that is pretty natural because they got a divorce for a reason. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's um you know, I think we can come to expect that, but the the ex can be like a you know a threat. And what is really critical for the step couple is that they have a joint way of Um, like they're together on how they're going to respond to the ex when step couples get um, challenged is you know they'll have things conversations like oh yeah so when she asks for something something you jump but boy I ask for anything and there's no response or all the like our money and things that really would make our life more um, you know value, like we'd be able to enjoy more, we'd be able to, you know, give our kids more um, goes out the door to the to the ex, and I resent that. And um, so all of those kinds of conversations um, need to be able to be happen between the step couple in a way that actually, they come together as a team as to how they're going to deal with this, right? Because yes. they get divided about it, um the, the external threat of the ex just gains more power mm-hmm. um and so i think it's it is part of often part of step family life unfortunately um but again that having those conversations together in a way that doesn't get them stuck in a negative pattern um mm-hmm. right which is what we're helping them do is mm-hmm. what then equips them to, you know, problem solve and say, okay, this is how we're going to, right. Help each other with this one.
0: Yeah. So when we're working from beginning to end, so when we're, we're what, what would the different phases of EFT look like when you're working with the step family dynamic? Like, I I mean, obviously stage one would be de-escalation. What does stage two look like in this case? Well, again,
1: it's similar to what we would talk about generally in EFT, Um, you know, certainly with the couple being able to express those vulnerable feelings um, rather than react to them, um, to each other and be able to be heard around that. You may have a step-parent that, you know, is going to react based on their attachment style, right? Do they over-respond? Right by coming in heavy as a disciplinarian, or do they, you know, avoid um, and um, check out? So, being able to get underneath those reactive um, ways of protecting themselves to talk about right the the emotional um, hurt that's there, or the pain, or the fear that's there, so that they can be there for one another. Um, so we would use the same, uh, you know, decision-making that we would do use in EFFCT, EFCT, mm-hmm. right, with couples, um, mm-hmm. beginning with the withdrawer and then um, softening the pursuer. However, we have that extra layer of understanding, you know, what is normative in step-family life. Um, and it may help us also when we're in stage two, to be able to conjecture around some of the vulnerabilities that are associated with being a step parent or being a parent, um, and help them put language around what's happening on the inside. So that would be stage two with the couple, and then consolidation would look like bringing you know the um, whole family together if you're involved with the kids um, or just consolidating with the couple. Uh, and then with the, the family frame, it's, it's the same, right? We want in stage two, we want the child to be able to express their vulnerability directly to the parent, mm-hmm. right? And the parent to be able to respond in an effective way. Um, my family that I'm working with right now, the mother's able to hold space but she can't really move in with comfort and support uh, because of her own block, right? So I need to work more with mom around what's happening on the inside for her uh, when she feels like she's failed and she's totally helpless uh, in relationship to them. So, you know, I'm still in stage one with them. And when um, mom is more available, um, she'll be uh, safer for the girls to then be able to express more directly, more clearly, really um, the loss that they're experiencing. Right now it's a mixed message, lots of anger mixed in there.
0: Yeah. So, and we, we've we sort of like said it in so many words already. So the end goal would be a securely attached step family and all, all the subsystems within that, Um, Right. what would, if you could, um, so just sort of round out, um, as our wrap up, what would we say the securely attached step family would look like?
1: So as a secure, um, step family would have relation, be able to hold these different relationships, right. Uh, in a way that honors them all that, that, that gives space before the parent and their children to have a special relationship that sometimes the step-parent isn't involved in, but at times is right. And they were not a threat. It's not a threat. There's a flow, right. That I can move uh, between the, the people I love and it's okay. Mm-hmm. And,
0: um, and that everybody children, has a good bond, but, but uh, the, the bonding between different family members doesn't feel like a rejection or a non-bond to, to me. Right. And the children
1: feel the same, right? I can actually like my stepfather and not feel like I'm being disloyal to my own father. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so there is there the lack of threat, right? I think is well said, Annabelle. That's pre- really what, um, yeah, being able to move through um, the challenges of step family
0: life um, to get that security. Yeah. And part of that security would be able to, you know, be attuned to the children, to each other, um, Mm -hmm. have the children be able to express their vulnerabilities, their pain, um, have the parents be able to set the boundaries they need to as appropriate without their own sense of, um, security collapsing, um, their, their belief in themselves as a parent, and to have bonding happen between the, the systems, everybody, the whole system and the individual, the, the subsystem. Right. Yeah. yeah, and that we're okay.
1: <laughs> it's so we're okay as a step family, right? I can have families that, you know, relationships that Um, You know, I have a relationship with my mother and her family and the relationship with my father and his family. And it's all okay, Right. That there isn't um, a sense of I have to choose or there's a competition um, and there's winners and losers that there's room for all.
0: Yeah. Like instead of like circling the wagons and someone being left out. We're all circled within the wagons together, right? Nice. Yeah. That's that great. that protection of love. Exactly. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, Gail, so you are amazing, and you have um, a book. It's uh the emotionally focused family therapy book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jim Farrell is the lead author,
1: and uh, myself and. Um, George Fowler, Lisa Palmer Olson, and of course, Sue Johnson, um, co-authored this um, text on family therapy. So it really covers the model and um, applying EFT with families. And like you said earlier, it's all EFT. However, mm-hmm. we tweak it um, mm-hmm. to fit the you know the parent-child
0: relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Folks can buy this book on Amazon, right? And I'm, I'm pretty sure Amazon's available in most countries. Um, has the book been translated into any other languages? Uh, German
1: and um, there's uh, work on another language
0: What I'm blanking on right now. Okay. Um, yeah. But it's been awesome. translated. Yeah. So folks want to find you if they want to attend one of your EFFT, trainings. Um, I know we're going to have you here in Vegas. So you know, you can find us at snveft.com. But if they want to find you, attend an EFFT training, or maybe invite you to come out to their community to host a training, how would they find you? How would they follow you? How they get in touch with you?
1: Okay, so the trainings are uh, typically listed on the ICEFT website, I C E E F T.com. There's also a family therapy training tape, on that website and i also have a a website gailpalmerefft.com so gail g i g a i l palmer mm-hmm. um efft.com and you can contact me through there um and yeah i'm always passionate to talk about families it's kind of and step families because i've lived it mm-hmm. <laughs> I've yeah lived it. And, you know, I think that personal experience of you know, and of course, I became a uh, we became a step family when my girls were teenagers. So yes, um, mm-hmm. I've lived step family life and continue to. So um, your next excellent- experience
0: makes a difference. Yeah, and so do you have um, any other books or projects uh, that that are available that folks. Um could know about?
1: Well, certainly, I'm always um you know, interested in taping and coming up with um training tapes, which is particularly challenging for families because you have children um, that, yeah, need, you know, um, need to be protected. So um that would is my goal um to be able to do that and just focus more time on, you know, applying uh, EFFT to step families, to adult children is another um, topic that I really like to talk about. Uh, so all of that is really um, where I spend my time these days.
0: All right. Excellent. So if you guys are watching this on YouTube, I will make sure to put a link to Gail's websites or email and the um, link to the book uh, on Amazon in the description for the video. If you're listening on Spotify or, or podcast form, you might just have to rewind and, and write it down. <laughs> but um, thank you again, Gail, so much for being with us today. And definitely, guys, I mean, invite Gail out to come to your community if you haven't yet had an EFFT training. Um, certainly, we're like I said, we're bringing her to Vegas and we're going to do basically a whole two days on this very topic. Um, and so it's, it's going to be really amazing. So if you have any variation of the EFFT, um, topics that you'd like to invite her out to present, you know, shoot her an email and, um, she's really amazing. So I, I attended one of her workshops in Reno and I was like, I need more. This is awesome. <laughs> so oh, great. thank you. Thank
1: you. It's been lovely. Great conversation, Annabelle. I it's lovely
0: talking to you thank you and thank you again so much for being on and as always guys you can find me here on we heart therapy southern nevada eft is my local las vegas eft chapter that i lead and i'm also part of the success and vulnerability team uh, with george fowler ryan rana james Hopkins, and uh emma hoffs and, um, so super excited. You guys haven't checked us out there and We Heart Therapy is now offering retreats and uh, conferences. So you can check out wehearttherapy.com <laughs> and, uh, look that up and, uh, make sure that you guys, if you're not a, um, ISEFT member, if you are an EFT therapist, you know, so many valuable resources. If you go to icept.com I'll also put the link to that in here. Um, You know, you can go and take the externship, you can take the basic trainings, there's always a list of ongoing trainings around the globe, actually, available. And there's, um, if you're a member, you also get discounts on the training videos, and training tapes, and and a lot of them now are on digital download, which is amazing, since a lot of us don't have DVD players anymore. (laughs) So, Make sure that you guys check that out and if you haven't subscribed to We Heart Therapy, make sure that you hit subscribe and uh, more videos are on the way. Don't forget to buy my book, Using Relentless Empathy in the Therapeutic Relationship: Connecting with Challenging and Resistant Clients for Helping Professionals, available on Amazon or on my website www.drbugatti.com.